Podcasting with Kerry Jones. Hi guys, and welcome to this week's podcast. This week's guest I have chatted with a few times in the past, but this time he talks about Gaia, Game Angling Instructors Association, and he has recently become Head of Assessors and gives us advice for anyone thinking of becoming an instructor and coach. And in the second part of the podcast, he gives advice to anyone interested in giving sea trout fishing a try something which he is known for and passionate about. Plus, he shares with us his top three secret patterns, which has brought him so much success. Welcome to my chat once more with Alan Reese. It's good to see you again, Alan, and thanks for coming over. Yeah, no problem, Kenny. Nice to see you. The season's running away. It's May already. And I had so many plans to do well, April especially, and it's gone, haven't it? Have you done much? Yeah, well, not a lot. I've been out in the rivers once or twice, but because of the weather, we've had a particularly wet winter. The the problem has been the cold wind, because it's been quite it have, uh, easterlies, northeasterlies, and it's brought that Arctic weather in. We've had little gaps where it's warmed up, but success hasn't been that good because um, I think we need settled weather yeah when I've been out the lake I've been up a few times out on the lake and in the shelter you think Jesus this is a really warm day yeah. but that cold wind and I haven't heard a cuckoo yet no no you and know? that, that uh, in, a, in actual fact I, I think on one of the um, one of your podcasts or it may have been the editorial in uh, the Fly Fishing Journal you mentioned the smell of wild garlic. Yeah. That's just started It now. is, isn't it? The foxgloves are just starting to come out. And if we get the cuckoo, as you point out about the sea trout, they're starting to run. Yeah. Those are the three points about yeah. when I'll start. It's a good sign, isn't it? Because um, uh, the, the the cuckoo, I, I've known in the past, like end of end of April, I've been fishing up in Talabont mainly, at Orlin Vaur, end of April, in the evenings, and you could hear it. Yeah. But I am you did you did yet, you know. No, no. And uh, um where whether that's the migration patterns, I I don't know because they come from mainland mainland Africa, Europe and Africa, yeah. And um yeah, whereas last year in April it was twenty three, twenty four degrees and you could have been yeah mistaken if it was, you know, middle of the summer. This year the water levels of well, certainly in South Wales anyway, you know. Uh, the water levels have stayed high. The water is still really cold, and the weather hasn't been conducive to, you know, it. it it's as if spring has pulled the covers back over because it doesn't want to wake up just yet. Yeah, you know. Well, I hope he'll wake up soon. I'm off to Ireland next week, and I think, I think, I hope I've timed it right this year, because I was talking to Basil Shields on the phone this morning, and he said it's good. It's not great. It's good. He said. Right. Well, the the duck flyer up at the moment. Yeah, or? and you got you got the duck fly, and then which is what we call the buzzers, and then you got at the moment now you've got the campto, which is like a big buzzer. 
Right. And then you've got the olives and the mayfly. Hopefully, no. But the middle of May, hopefully, it'll, it'll, we'll hit it right to the mayfly. That's what I'm hoping, anyway. Yeah. And talking about the weather, you know, last week we had a couple of nice days. That brought the fish on the fin. There was quite a lot of good fish caught within the last week. But <laughs> the, the weather's changing again. We can have rain and, uh, know, and cold uh, temperatures again. And I, I mean, it's just not settled at the moment, is it? I went to Chew Valley last weekend, and um, or last week, and there was buzzers coming off. It was, I would say, perf- almost perfect conditions, cloudy and a, a lovely breeze. But it was a cold breeze still. There was yeah. buzzers coming off, but the fish weren't up at all. No, no. I, I, I couldn't believe it. The amount of fly coming off, and they didn't want to come up to the surface. Yeah. It's more for us to know, to learn, I think. But you've been away, haven't you? You went up um, Northumbria last weekend? Yeah, Northumberland. Yeah, I was um, uh, at Hexham, actually. So I'm a member of the Game Angling Instructors Association. You're actually head of assessors now, aren't you, from last I, year? Yeah, I am. Um, I I left the organisation for several years uh, due to work issues and what have you. That's now been resol- resolved. I've retired. So I'm in a better place now. And last year I rejoined the organisation. And the, the guy, uh, Roger Miles, that was the head of assessors, He's decided to move on, and he contacted me and said, "Look, do you want to take up where you left off?" And uh, so, uh, as does that take up a lot of your time now? It, not really at the moment. Gaia has a number of uh, regions, so the northeast region uh, is one particular region. They had a, uh, a regional meeting where there are demonstrations. You get to try tackle, meet up with. Other like-minded people who are either coaches, prospective coaches, or just general members of the public who are interested in acquiring new skills or developing their casting, or or even they just want to sort out some of their faults. So I went up to Northumbria. That's the first regional meeting of the year. I went up to support them and discuss some of the changes that I intend to make with the forthcoming syllabi. So that, be it single-handed, two-handed, and even fly dressing, look. So, uh, But I've got other regional meetings booked. Uh, 1st of July, I'm on down to the southwest coast. Gaia is supporting Orvis with their uh, uh, saltwater fishing festival. So there'll be casting clinics there. People will come along and, um, hey, I've got this fault. Or what do you think of my equipment? Is it balanced? Um, and maybe gain some information. How do you get into the the casting side of it? Like because everyone obviously going to cast <coughs> to catch a fish, and most people they're just happy to just go out and fish and happy with the casting. What brought you to go on to a different level to actually instruct? So I, I've been part of the Game Angling Instructors Association since about two thousand and five, maybe two thousand and four. So it's quite a considerable time since I started on the journey. And I I suppose lots of people join for different reasons. Some want to make it a vocation. If they retire, they can offer fly casting lessons. 
and that provides a little bit more of an income. Uh, for me, it was more of a journey on, hey, these are my tools. How do I use them? And the analogy I might use is, you're a photographer. Many people have these high-end cameras. They don't really know how to use them. But as part of your journey as a photographer, you need to know about the uh, exposure triangle, ISO, how that affects the image, noise, post-processing, various uh, lenses, filters, all of that I wanted to know about the rods, lines, reels, flies, fly dressing. That was my hunger. So there's different levels then when you start. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if if I give you a brief rundown on casting, as you know, there are some people that tie flies but never fish. But they're really into their flies. Yeah. Um. It, it, it's it's almost you know they want to perfect their techniques. How do you put this wing on? How do you tie that fly? How do you do this technique? There, there's a hunger there for them to understand that fly casting is probably the one aspect of our sport where we have to learn a skill before we can actually fish. You know, it's not as simple as spinning, for example, or throwing a lure. Um, you have to learn how to utilize a rod and line to get your lure into the spot where you think you're going to catch fish. Now, many of us or many people just mimic what they see. And uh, admittedly, up until pff, when I was, uh, say, 38, 40, that, that's what I did. Now, I, I became... I'd like to think I, I became quite good at it, but I wasn't, I didn't fully understand it. So at the time, the angling trusts were promoting level one and level two coaching courses. Okay, so the level one was the assistant coach and level two was the qualified coach, but they didn't have a technical element. So you could be a coach in any sport you wanted as long as you had the coaching qualification. But we've all been to various game fairs over the years and we've seen Arthur Oglesby or some other caster demonstrate on the platform over the lake and everybody's been wowed by their skills and what have you. Um, And years ago, there was one organisation called Apguy. And I might be wrong and I'm not too up on the history about it, but that was the Association of Professional Game Angling Instructors. It was very unique. It was for gillies, um, those people that were at venues, and it, it wasn't very popular amongst the masses because, as you say, we pick up a rod and we go and cast and uh, we make do, so to speak. Um, that app guy morphed into the Game Angling Instructors Association uh, in the 90s or late 90s. And around 2000, the uh, another organisation came into being, which is AAPGAI. So AAPGAI are the Association of Advanced Professional Game Angling Structures. So it, it, it's there are a number of avenues there. In Ireland, there's APGAI Island. Uh, Gaia are active in Ireland as well. Um, and there, there's internationally the Federation of Fly Fishers International. 
all of those do all the same thing. You know, it doesn't matter who you go to, a spay cast is a spay cast, or an overhead cast is an overhead cast. But in in addition to all of those organizations offering a service of flycast intuition, there are lots of clubs within the UK. When I was in uh, Northumbria, there's the Northeast Casting Club. And that, that is like-minded people that get together to learn new skills. There's the British Fly Casting Club. They're more based on tournament casting. So there are certain classes, five weight, seven weight, uh, 15-foot, uh, two-handed rod. And they are more concerned with distance casting and how far they can push the equipment to gain distance or push the envelope, so to speak. So all of those aside, how I got into it was Gwent Angling Society and Mark Roberts started running casting clinics. And I thought, hey, I've got some experience. I can help out there. And as I started to help out, I appreciated what other people were going through. Um, and I, I, I thought, I started off there, but if we provide them with quality tuition, then instead of learning over years and years and years, they could short-circuit that and become better anglers because then they become better casters, they understand their equipment sooner and quicker, and that will promote better fishing. So how I got into it is, I like helping people, but for me, it was a journey of my personal understanding. So how many levels other than you got the one <coughs> and two? Yeah, so so the, the Angling Trust qualifications are set or uh, in conjunction with uh, Sport England or Sport UK, and they are promoted at all levels, and it's a, a government qualification, shall I say. But within the Game Angling Instructors Association, we have two levels. The certificate level, which is the coach or the introductory coach, and then we have an advanced qualification, which um, is for those people that have refined their technique, generally want to know more, can cast further, uh, know various techniques that are not really applicable to the the GAIAC qualified. We're hoping, including the Bronze, Silver and Gold Award for non-members or those members uh, or members of the general public, they want to check on, hey, where, where am I? Do I know what I'm talking about? There's also going to be a, a guide course. Then we'll have the certificate level, which is the foundation coaching course. And then the advanced course. And the latest thing now is trout spay. So that's using very uh, short two-handed rods with very light spay lines to cast lures to catch trout in, in the streams, basically. To cast big flies. Yeah, yeah. When I say big flies, they, they, they're big compared to the normal trout flies. Yeah, so yeah. instead of a size 14 hairs, you, you may have... Uh, size 8 Zonka. And then the Guides Award is more about I need to do a risk assessment. Yeah, I need to do check that 
My client's not frightened of the water. They haven't got any illnesses. It's all about the organisation. And fishing is a very small part of it. So you don't need massive angling skills or massive knowledge to take someone fishing. You do need to cover your ass. So that's yeah. where the, the guide side of it is. And there's two categories. One, I guess, single-handed. Yeah. And one double-handed. One single-handed and one two-handed, yeah. Yeah, we also do a fly dressing qualification in both at certificate level and advanced level. All right. So so we try to provide, and and looking forward uh, to the future, in, a, in actual fact, what Gaia provide is, they provide some awards uh, that anybody can access. So there's a, a bronze, silver, and gold award that requires people to perform various tasks. So, um, for example, at the Bronze Award, it may be perform a basic overhead cast and a roll cast. At the Silver Award, it may be perform some hauling. Um, At Gold Award, it may be accuracy slackline casts. So elements of angling casts are assessed at the bronze, silver and gold award, you don't have to be an instructor to do that. You just have to be an interested angler. And uh, in actual fact, when I was at the North uh, Northeast Regional Meeting last weekend, uh, a young lad, Dan Hogg, 14 years of age, he came along and uh, he completed his gold award in single-handed and gold award in two-handed casting. Now, the surprising thing is there are differences between the junior award and the adult award. Uh, mistakenly, he was asked to do the adult awards. And he... Still he, did it. Yeah, and he, he passed them with flying colours. So for these awards, you don't have to be a, a coach. No. Anybody can just say, well, how good am I? And test your own ability. And that's what it's about. If, the, if, if you can put to one side... Uh, hey, I, I, I'm a good caster. My, you know, my ego is this. If you're prepared to say, well, I, I think I know this. Can you tell me whether what I know is is correct? Come along and try these awards. You know, like if if you want to learn to drive. Yeah. You know, you have a driving test. Yeah. And if you pass or if you fail, or whatever. You, you once you've done the test, you know what level you're at. Um. And then, to, but to get to that stage, you have lessons, yeah, driving lessons. That's right. So, if somebody wanted to try for their qualification uh, to be uh, a qualified instructor, do do they go and have lessons? Do they go to someone like you first and have lessons to to see to polish their skills off then before yeah. they apply? So, if I go back, so we've got the awards. What we're talking about introducing now is a guides qualification which is mainly aimed at health and safety risk assessments you know catering to clients that you might take out and a, a rudimentary understanding of fly casting and fly casting faults and fixes that is the guides award the certificate level is slightly more in depth than the advanced is for people yeah. who want to really understand casting and really get to the peak level so coming back to your driving test analogy for example some people 
start with the moped. Then they go on to a motorbike. Some stay on the motorbike for the rest of their lives. You can drive a car. But if you want to get better at driving, you can do an advanced driving course. Yeah. Right? So there's all elements that teach you different things, anticipation, you, you, you know. Um, but if someone wants to undergo any form of lessons or they want to learn new skills yeah they would approach me as a uh, as an instructor or a coach if they then want to take it further and become a coach themselves then they should contact someone who is a, a qualified mentor and a qualified mentor within Gaia is someone who is expert in their field they appreciate and understand the the syllabus what's involved and then they can guide them through that process till eventually they present themselves for assessment. And that's where I come in. I, I, As the head of assessors, I set the requirements. I also speak to um, the assessors within the, within the organisation who then, same as a driving test, can you do a three-point turn? Can you do uh, reverse around a bend? These are the things that we measure in flycasting to say, yes, you understand what you're talking about and you are qualified to then go and teach that to other people. As you said, there's a couple of organisations which are doing the qualifications, but there's other groups online as well, I noticed, which is a great help. Um, Chris Higgs, Speyworks. Yeah, that's, that's right. And YouTube is very useful, but sometimes what people teach or what people show is their style and we're all different people some are taller some are shorter some are wider some have got long arms shorter arms style doesn't work for everybody because we all develop our own style and Spayworks Chris had the idea of setting up a page which was very open anybody can ask any question on any element of fly fishing what uh, I, I'm thinking of starting Euronymphing. What do you recommend? I, I, I'm going to Iceland this time of year. What flies should I, I use? What is even the smallest thing? What hooks should I use or what rods? And we, we try to steer away from brands per se because, once again, that the brand might not be suitable for that individual, if you understand. But yeah. we, 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 can, we can recommend combinations or suitable uh, equipment based on our experience and likewise there there are 600 members is there 600 is yeah, there yeah it may maybe even more from yeah. f- worldwide that can say well hey i fish on this river this is what i use yeah we'd have to go and see him actually i did a podcast the other day and um it's fitting it all in really i'll be back from Ireland now on the end end of me, yeah. So maybe June, July, we'll go up and have a couple of days with them then. Yeah, well, I I I spoke to him on the weekend on the way up to Northumbria. I popped into um, uh, a service station uh, which Chris lives about fifteen minutes from, uh, and we had a good chat and catch up. Yeah, yeah. So um, be good to meet up with them. Yeah, definitely. Take a look at my eShop on my website where you can find sign prints, a range of ghillie kettles, and vouchers and tuition for my guiding days. Plus. I am now taking bookings 
my Corib Ferox days. Visit castingwithkerryjones.com. We've spoken about your casting now. Yeah. And um, are there any goals you want to do this year? Well, every year I set simple goals, okay? And that's one brown trout, one <laughs> rainbow trout, one grayling, one salmon, one sea trout, and possibly one bass and one mullet. And after that, everything else is just enjoyment. Have we ticked any off? Yeah, I had the brownie um, on Talabont. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. We were, were about yeah, me. yeah, yeah. One brownie on Talabont. I haven't been into the to any of the put and take fisheries, or I intend to fish chew when the weather settles. Uh, Clawedog, you know, yeah. that that's become the venue of choice for many people, and I I think still can't believe how successful it is. It, it is, it is, it is well run. There's more fish than water in it, actually. <laughs> and I, I, I actually, well, I was there two weeks ago, and I hooked a huge fish. Right. I don't know if I told you, and uh, I had him on for, a, well, I don't know, about two two minutes, which seems a, quite a long time when you're playing a fish, and I knew he was big. Yeah. He, he wasn't far from the cages, and he was, you know, he was one of these high teens, I had a feel, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and the wind's blowing us more and more towards these bushes and the shore. And I was going to play this fish next thing. Anyway, the hook pulled out. And I'd done something which I, I haven't done for years. And I just, I thought, right, we're going right in close now. And my line was still out. And I just pulled the uh. pull cord, stuck in reverse. Next thing, I could see the line just moving. I was my internet, uh, my uh, intermediate then, uh, being chewed gone. up. Yeah, and I'd done it probably about 20 years ago up in Rutland. But uh, so I'll have to get a new intermediate now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so and with the with the sea trout, well, there's one or two in the system, but not many. Surprisingly, there's a few more salmon, spring salmon, about than has been for the last couple of years. So, Is there? Before, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned sea trout because I want to pick your brains and chat to you about sea trout because. Yeah. The most popular podcasts, the topics which I find, are sea trout podcasts and anything with Ireland, actually. So sea trout, and the one I did recently, the last one I did, was it last month, month before, was John Graham. Right. And uh, they're a massive <laughs> response. What yeah, a fantastic yeah. fellow he is. Some stories. I'm going to hopefully try and meet up with him this summer Great. beside the river and have another chat with him. Yeah. But... Um, so when would you start in earnest? Because it is early still, isn't it? May, I suppose, for sea trout. Yeah, it is. So mainly early season, I go out in the daytime. and uh, Oh, do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go out in the daytime. One, it gets me into a, a routine. You know, I've sorted my gear out. I, I, I know where which lines I'm going to use. I've, I've taken old line off spools that have been thrown in the corner. Sort my flies out, sort my waistcoat out or my my fishing bag. Yeah. So that by the time the good times come It's fluent then. Isn't it? Yeah. I'm all I'm up in you know, all in gear. The only thing I gotta do is charge my head torch. And in particular, given back to the weather, look, you know, in recent weeks, nighttime temperatures have been down as far as zero. They have, yeah. You know, and it's not comfortable, which is why I Tend to stay in the daytime. Um, I do use a, a two-handed rod for sea trout. Yeah, in the, in the daytime, um, you know, most of the rivers are like Forest Gump's box of chocolates. 
you throw a fly in, you never know what you're going to get, do you? Yeah. So, um, uh, but it, what it what it allows you to do is you can get in, check the way the inlays, check where the the current have changed. You can see the line come round. You can see the fly uh, how it drifts or how it swims across various pools. And generally, as the water drops, you'll you'll start to find the lies. But coming back to the foxgloves, the wild garlic, the cuckoos, when those fish start coming in, I wouldn't have done a lot in April, maybe five or six outings just to get geared up and get streamlined in my uh, thing. Then I'll start going out more regularly. But in all honesty, because we've had a a wet spring, I won't be starting probably in earnest until end of May. Yeah. And by then, friends of mine, I'll, they'll have their ear to the ground. They probably would have beached several fish. And then sometimes because it's a, a bit of a distance to travel, I'll get the nod, come down tonight. Yeah. And, uh, and then if the weather settles, you know, it's been high and clear, fish have been probably running in. What we need is the river to drop to slow those fish down so that we can then start to fish for them. We've gone uh, in the past, you, you've mentioned on uh, a couple of podcasts, um, in-depth, actually, methods mm. and the times of year to fish and whatever. But if you could summary, because so many people regularly get asked, you know, oh, I want to try sea trout fishing. Yeah. If you, like, simplify it now for people listening to this, um, some some tips on what they need and your top flies, a leader or something, just quite basic yeah, to yeah, get yeah. started. So there are numerous angling clubs in Wales, and uh, Kerry Thomas does the uh, Fishing in Wales website. And on Fishing in Wales, you will see a whole host of clubs listed offering sea trout fishing. And from that, you can get local accommodation, you can get in touch with the, the club representatives, and usually, if you say, "Well, I'm I'm new to the water. I'm new to sea fi- uh, so, uh, sea trout fishing," someone will al- always turn around and say, "Yeah, you can come out with me." So, as to equipment, uh, it's very simple. Anybody that fishes on still waters, nine foot, nine foot six rod, ten foot rod, seven weight, they've already got the equipment. Um, with regard to leader material. Early season, I'd suggest 10 or 12 pounds. Um, and even middle of the season, I, I wouldn't go lower than 8 pounds because, you know, if you catch one fish and it snaps you, one, it's bad angling, but two, you'll be kicking yourself for the rest of the year. So, 8 pound. And as to flies, I've got daytime, nighttime, and low water flies. And, uh, so, you've got a box there, no? Yeah, as it happens, I've brought. Uh, three flies with me and so the daytime fly is um, a green ass silver stort it's a nice part nice double that isn't it yeah so that one uh, you can change the butt this one's a green ass you can change it to orange or red Um, what's that a size 8 no no it's size 6 this is 6 yeah so size 6 Kamasan B270 now Early morning, 
or late evening, you can fish these in smaller sizes in the pool tails. Summer floods, as the water's dropping, uh, I, I I don't know whether I mentioned on a previous cast, s- some anglers spin for sea trout, especially in high water. And one of the one of the uh, spinners that they use is a, a flying sea. Uh, but the flying sea has a tendency to spin the line. So they often put a, a ball bearing swivel up the line. And the number of times you throw your spinner out, and as it's coming into shallow water or shallower water, you're looking and looking and looking, and out of nowhere, you'll see a sea trout come and attack hit the swivel. The yeah, yeah. Hit the right? Sp- they, yeah, the, the swivel. So yeah, yeah. They, this size six is the swivel. Now, as the water drops, probably fish. You fish that on its own on the point. No, on the a size six on the point, with a size eight on the dropper. So initially, I'm expecting, say, the water's up two foot, uh, but I can still see my boots. Um, I'd fish square and fast, the six on the point, the eight on the dropper, and initially, I'm expecting fish on the size six, but then. I might start getting fish on the size 8. Because the one thing that happens while you're fishing is, unless we've had more rain, is the water will start dropping and clearing. So then the smaller pattern will start working. So then I'll put the so 8. The same pattern? Yeah, yeah. Just different size? Yeah, I'll put the 8 from the dropper onto the point, and I'll put a 10 yeah. on the dropper. And as the water drops further and further... Smaller. Yeah, and I, I don't go smaller than a size 12. Would you put a double on the dropper as well, or would you have a single on dropper? No, dropper. Uh, uh, two du- doubles. Two doubles, yeah, because they, 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 they're heavy, heavy hooks. And in the fast current that we're fishing in, they seem to anchor better. I've never seen anyone fish two doubles. Yeah, so, um, oh well, we'll, we'll try it this summer. Absolutely, I'm up for right. that. So, so the tie-in for that now. Yeah, uh, dressing is, well, Kamasan B270... Um, it's got a, a glow bright uh, hot spot at the back, and as I said, orange, red, green, whatever the favourite colour is. Tail of uh, golden pheasant crest. The body is uh, holographic silver, black hackle for the throat, and in this JC. one, uh, I've got a calf tail for the wing. Yeah, uh, calf tail tends to be a bit bushier than. Um, Looks uh, a fishy fly, doesn't it? Well, I, I, I and in that water that's high, I wanted to make noise. You know, so when I'm pulling these flies back across the current, I, I, I want the fish to know there's something there. Yeah. And that's where they, uh, I think we've spoken about it before, the, the lateral line comes into play. They know there's something in the water. And if it comes close to them, we want to trigger a reaction. Yeah. With the JC on the cheeks as well. Yeah, then. yeah, JC, and it's just black tie-in silk. So uh, I can see the other one is a, is a quite a famous pattern. <laughs> isn't it? Well, I, I, I mean, yeah, uh, the American Express. Look, the majority of time during the summer, we fish in low water, and that fly is tied thinly. It's tied to be a quiet fly. It can enter slack water or. Um, shallow water without making a noise and it can be amongst the fish before they even know it's there if i if i fish a bigger fly or a noisier fly 
in water that's one or two foot deep, it's just going to scare them. Yeah. All right. So, so was the, that a t- eight long? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The so this one's tied in a size eight. You can tie it up to size size six. Put it on a tube or a Waddington if you want. But it, it's worked for me, so why change it? Yeah. You know. So that's more or less for for um, low water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then one thing, the third one is a blue, black, and silver Waddington. Now, recently I I did a, a chat for the Carmarthen Fishermen's Federation. Um, I was asked by Tony Loizu, the um, the chairman, and I, I, I chatted about Waddingtons, and they don't seem to be popular any, any longer because... One, people think you have to use a treble, and with current regulations, you can still use a treble hook, but the gape has to be of a certain size or smaller than a certain size. And people seem to think, well, it's not sporting. Well, I use tube doubles on them. This one's tied with the treble because it was one I uh, knocked up for the... Oh, you, you would tie a Waddington on a double even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'd use a double hook or even a single, single hook. Yeah, yeah. So there, there's various methods of uh, connecting the, um, the hook uh, to the to the shank. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, if you tie it without the hook, you can still put some uh, silicon tubing and thread the the line through the eye through the tubing and pull the hook in. So you yeah. can still use them with singles and yeah. and doubles. Uh, and just given whatever the local regulations are. But the thing with Waddington's are there's two shanks. It makes it heavier. And when you're fishing faster flows or bigger rivers, it anchors your cast. So you can cast out. It's going to cut through the surface film, get down to a fishing zone where you want it. And as soon as you tighten that line, it's going to swim Without really sinking until you come, it comes onto the dangle, and uh, they're quick and easy to tie. And you just fish that on the points. You wouldn't. Yep, yeah, on the point, and I, I might put uh, either American Express on the dropper or uh, a small tube, but twenty-five mil shank. That's about the right size for summer sea trout. I notice you've got um, the red head tying silk yeah. there for the body for the uh, head. Yeah. I love, it makes such a difference. Yeah, but it's more for psychological. Angler. It yeah. is. It's more for anglers because at night there is no white light unless it's reflected off the moon. So generally, you, you don't see colours. You'll see shades of grey or black or white. And maybe that red turns out to be less grey yeah. than. Do you know what? Just, just, this is a question. Now, I've just come up with, and I'm looking at that. And it's like it's a silver body or a pearl body. That yeah. one is it. Pearl is it? Uh, on, on the on this one, it's yeah. silver holographic. On yeah. Um, and I think to myself, right, like when it comes to fishing for trout in the day, I find if it's a dull day, silver. Yeah. If it's a sunny day, gold. Now you don't normally see any gold bodies uh, sea trout flies too, and that's obviously the reason. Yeah. So, so the one thing is, for me. If the fish are fresh or relatively fresh, I'll fish a silver-bodied fly. But if I know there's fish or I'm further further upstream, so the fish have been in the the river longer, 
a fish black ribbed with silver. Um, you know, what? Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Right, so it, it's... Just less, less silver. Yes, right, yeah. and there, there's more of a silhouette. Right. And, um, you, you know, the famous phrase for people in sea trout fishing is, what do you catch it on? Black and silver. Um, what do you catch it on? Black ribbed with silver. There, there's no other description, because at night, if you switch a torch off and look in someone's fly box, they're all... Yeah. Black and silver. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they're lovely patterns there. Yeah. So um, I'll put these up on my Patreon page for people to see these. All right, great. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when it comes to tying, a lot of people, you know, uh, would have a go probably tying some of these patterns, if not already. You don't run a fly tying course as such, but you're in the Ogmore Anglers yeah. on a Monday, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I and th- this all comes to be part, uh, this is part with, uh, partly to do with Gaia, the qualifications I've, I've got, my interest in casting, fly dressing, um, and this desire I have that to to make things better for people. Yeah. Hey, how do you tie this? How do you do this? Well, I can show you. You know, so Ogmore Anglin Association, based in Bridgend, they run fly tying classes through the winter every Monday. Now, it's Are there anglers tying as well, or is it just yourself? No, no, they're, they're, everybody gets a go. Everybody oh, says, right. well, I want to go. I want to do this. And while someone else is giving a demonstration, so I, I, I can then sit there and say, try this, try that. No, you need to do this, or this yeah. is how you tie a tail in, or you've forgotten to put the rib in. Think about... And they specialise in sea trout patterns, I guess. Yeah, some some sea trout, some still water, some uh, river trout and grayling, um, and John Allen. Oh, amazing salmon! Funny yeah, dress yeah. Salmon yeah, yeah, yeah. He he's oh over the last, and it's not only tying. You know, he's come along drinking as well, is it? Yeah, drinking. Yeah, <laughs> especially where John is concerned and Nigel Haynes. Look, but uh, um, they. There's other aspects, like uh, John did a, a demo on how to make wax, tie wax. All right, yeah. Right, so he brought a, brought a little stove in, he melted the wax and put That's it, nice, that's good, yeah. Yeah, he put it in um, uh, ice cube uh, things, popped it out, and everybody had free tie yeah. wax. But then they knew how to make... You've got to be a member for to come mm, to that night, no? No, 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 you don't have to be. Right. Don't have to be so. So because it's become so popular, it's going to be continued throughout the summer. Is it? Yeah. So every Monday, the railway club in uh, Bridgend just turn up. It starts at seven o'clock. Costs a pound, and that pound then goes into the kitty the, for materials or whatever. Is it? So so that yeah, uh, kitty for material tools or what have you. So when people come, they go. Have you got any equipment? No. Here's some you can borrow for tonight. Here's the materials to tie. Brilliant. Right, so it's all about... I'll have to come along to that. But years ago, I used to go to the uh, Friedrichs' Guild in Cardiff. And then they moved now. They're in Caerphilly. And I was hoping to go there. My Sean, myself, and yourself used to think they'd go in. Yeah, yeah. Just haven't come around to doing it yet. I don't know if they go through the summer. I know they used to stop when I was a member. But... Um, it's 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 a great thing to do in the winter as well. It's all well and good to watch videos on the TV, but when you're there and you you're talking to people and you can actually tie, yeah, it's what well it, we're it, doing. Yeah, and it, it it's great net networking. So 
you know, we, we spoke about Gaia at the start and what Gaia offer with casting and fly dressing. Well, the fly dressing guild offer the same. They offer a, a bronze, silver and gold award for those people who want to be who want to impart these skills. And in fact, yeah, any any person attending the British Fly Fair can then book in with the Fly Dressers Guild to have a look at a new technique, get shown how to, I don't know, fix wings, or I have a problem with this tail, how do I do it? And it, 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 it's yeah. like sort of a, a drop-in and they, They're problem. huge, aren't they? There's, a big, there's, there's regions everywhere. Yeah, 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 that's, that's right. And in particular, the I, I think the Fly Dressers Guild in, uh, not in Cardiff anymore, you are right, it's Philly. Um, they meet every other Wednesday. Yeah. I do know as well that those guys that attend also go fishing, and Paper Mill is one of their favourite locations. Right. So they'll tie a fly, go to Paper Mill, use it. Oh, that was good. That's going in the box. I'll tie a dozen of those tomorrow. Do you, uh-huh. do you know what I mean? But it, it's worthwhile exchanging skills or, or even materials or tools or... Um, it's great for networking and you're talking about fishing yeah, which yeah. is what we all love yeah you know? well I've enjoyed our chat when I come back from Ireland perhaps you'll give me one or two lessons in the double hander because hopefully when I come back I hope to do some salmon fishing and great. it's something which I've never done the double hander it's far simpler than people think I'd love to get you on board with the the Fly Fishing Journal, All right. especially with the casting, and we can put something together for the next issue. Excellent. That would be really, really good. Brilliant. But many thanks again, Alan, for coming over. And we'll have a day fishing soon. Great. Thanks, Kerry. Much appreciated. Cheers, Alan. Cheers. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to listen to more, please consider becoming a Patreon. We will get weekly podcasts and access to over 125 episodes behind-the-scenes photography to go with each episode, plus other exclusive content and prizes. To become a Patreon, visit patreon.com forward slash castingwithkerryjones or you can find the link on my website castingwithkerryjones.com That's all for now. Tight lines and don't strike too soon.